Hello and thank you for listening to episode 223 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for February 2020. Proudly sponsored by Dean of the Dead. Yeah, Tom, we've got a sponsor. We've got a sponsor. And not <laughs> only have we got a sponsor, we've got an awesome sponsor who we've so met. Good. We've met personally, whose yes. product we both absolutely fucking love, uh, and who's British. We like to support British firms. Uh, yeah, Dean of the Dead. Everybody go to deanofthedead.com. Hot sauces. Oh. He's the man. He is the man for the hot sauces. What uh, hot sauces as well? Oh, my Lord. Oh. And the, so, I mean, we've said, haven't we, this is the perfect partnership for us because we both love all of the products that he does. Yeah, uh, he's a really nice guy. We've met him. We've had a chat to him. I met him uh, the weekend just gone. Mm-hmm. More about that in a little bit. And it, it, he loves rock music. He loves horror film. It's everything just clicks into place with what we love as well. Yep. The, the, the five chili sauces that he started off with, and the, these are links to the 80s as well, because some of them are 80s movie uh, related. They're all named after like horror films. So you've got Jeepers Reapers. Parascoville Activity, and Nagamare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. Yeah. And Source, spelled S-A-W-C-E. Then, a while ago, he added a sixth one to it, the hottest one that he's done so far, and it's called The Exorcist. Oh, that looks good. Oh, I, that's my favourite, I've got to admit, that's my favourite. <laughs> Yeah, I got the Nagamere on Elm Street, which is not very nice also, but like, if you want the hottest possible, with a little fruity twist as well. Oh. Well, th- again, this is the thing, and why we love that we've partnered up with Dean, is because it's not just about, oh, boiling hot, because you can, you know, we've both had hot sauces where... It's oh just, my God. it's all about the heat, and you just yeah, all you taste is hot. And like, that's it, and it right, just becomes... Like, like, just hot. Yeah. It becomes some sort of macho test of, oh, how much of it can you eat? And it's like, what the point? You know, what's the point of that, really? With the sauces that Dean does, the exorcist is the hottest one. Mm. And he is hoping to make some hotter ones as well, he said. <laughs> but they all keep some the great flavours that he, he makes them himself, obviously. And he keeps the, these awesome flavours. He's got a new product range. Oh, Starting this weekend, uh, he's going to be at Liverpool Comic Con as we uh, record today, which is the 4th of March. He's going to be at Comic Con. He's going to have with him Chili Jams. Oh. Mm. Great name as well. Night of the Living Spread. Ha! <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a oh, pine- that's great. Oh, oh, man. A pineapple and scotch bonnet flavoured jam, this one is. Oh. oh, and so he's going to onto my laptop. <laughs> We're both like salivating already. Uh, so he's going to start doing more of those as well as more different sources. Uh, we're, he will be up on the sponsor page on the website. We're getting that sorted. Um, and again, we don't ask for anything. The sponsors for the shows, we're not in it for us. We're in it to help promote uh, smaller British firms whose products we really like let me do with below the belt grooming with the yes. entertainment shows you know important thing is not to get dean of the dead sources and below the belt grooming mixed up when you're using them <laughs> just just a disclaimer <laughs> 
That would I mean, be. I'm not sure what the Bloba Belt products taste like, but it's more the other way around. I'm I know. What would be the lesser? What the lesser of two evils with that one, Tom? Would you rather put? I'd rather eat. I'd. I'll stop you right there. And say, I'd rather eat the Bloba Belt products than put any Dean of the Dead products below the belt. Yes, rubbing some of the the exorcist onto your balls would probably not be a good idea. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> See, we might be we might be doing some giveaways. We're hoping maybe we might get some uh, like discount codes for the website on there. We're just in conversation with Dean at the moment for what we can do uh, to help him out. What we can do, of course, for the listeners. Um, but for now, please go to uh, deanofthedead.com. Links to it, of course, will be in the podcast notes. Uh, on whatever device you're listening to us on now. You can click on that and have a look. We will also be putting online, I know not everybody follows us on Twitter, and we'll also be uh, promoting where he is. Like I said, he's going to be at Liverpool yes. Comic Con this weekend. He goes to a lot of Comic Cons uh, and horror conventions, uh, so we'll let you know where he is. And if you do go to these conventions and you meet him, or you even get in touch with him, he is very active on Instagram, so if you get in touch with him through there, uh, just mention us and say that we've put you onto him and uh, buy his stuff because it is very, very good. There's not much food you won't put it on. I think between like when I had the sources and, and like review of the sources, I don't think there was much we didn't put it on. <laughs> there isn't. I have. I always have as well. I mean, because I stock up on it so that you yeah. know, the, the bottles are in the kitchen apart from one bottle, which is always just by the side of the couch where I sit. Because, <laughs> like, you, like you just said, you put it on anything. You know, you sit there and you can have a meal and you put it on. Or sometimes I've even had, like, crisps and just, like, well, I'll put a few drops on some crisps or, you know, anything. Just apart from your balls, obviously, like we said. Well, food, food. Yeah, anything food. <laughs> no parts of your body. Uh, yeah, especially around there. Or your eyes wouldn't be a good place. Yeah, either. yeah. Yeah, don't put it on. Just eat it. Yeah. Just a mouth. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. We're, we're very, very happy indeed uh, that we got uh, Dean from Dean of the Dead to uh, be a sponsor of these shows. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes going forward. It'll be, yeah. it'll be awesome, awesome uh, partnership we've got going with him. Right, moving on. Oh, my God. You know, in the last episode, Tom, I said, oh, it's, you know, it's, we're another decade away from the 80s. Is it going to be more difficult to find sort of eighties related stuff to talk about? And it's like I've got so much oh. <laughs> every time. There's loads of stuff that's coming up to eighties related. But before we get to that, I need to make uh, an apology to begin with. I'm going to make the same apology on the next entertainment show, but I wanted to get an apology out there pretty quick for anybody that listened to that and also listens to this. Uh, because I fucked up the edit of the badly. <laughs> I talked about a film and there's a big spoiler about it. And I said, okay, if anybody doesn't know, want to know the spoiler, I'll put it at the end of the show after the theme tune. Oh. And I forgot to edit it. So there's like a gap and then me going, okay, Chris, and yep, right. So now, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. And then it's, okay, right, let's get back to the show. And I didn't edit it. <laughs> So it spoiled it for everybody. But I do have a good excuse. I was feeling so ill when I was editing the show. You did almost die recently. Well, so. two hours, mate. Two hours after I put that show online, I was in an ambulance being rushed to hospital. 
so. this is how bad he feels about making editing mistakes like he was in an ambulance so <laughs> two hours later it was just oh my god so that i think is a pretty good excuse to have fucked up the uh, edit on that one yeah i would say so yeah so yeah apologies i will make the same apology on the entertainment show but i just want you to out there as quick as possible because i'm sure there's people going what the fuck was he doing uh and an apology for tonight, because I'm not sure how it's going to go. Earlier in the day, I bit my tongue really hard. <laughs> oh. One side of my tongue has got like a big lump on it now where I bit it. So I'm trying very hard to enunciate properly. Because, oh. you know, when your tongue sort of swells up. Yeah. I want to talk like that, really. <laughs> because that yeah. yeah. So if sometimes I might trip over my words, that's why. Yeah. Uh, moving on, 80s related stuff, mate. I've got to say, because I think it's a lot to do with the remastered interview shows. And of course, we very often sort of reference 80s Picture House, don't we? You know, because. Oh, well, yeah. It'd be, it'd be weird if we didn't. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there was nearly 200 episodes of that, that you know, that was released. And I think because we mention it quite a lot on, on these Decade of Decadent shows, I still get emails coming through, even though I don't use these anymore. The 80s Picture House Facebook and the 80s Picture House Twitter account still keep getting loads of people following them. Yeah, I get the Facebook one. I, I, I removed the Twitter one from my uh, Twitter app. But yeah, every now and again, there's a notification like, oh, so-and-so liked the Facebook page. I'm just like, well, sorry to tell you this, mate. You're not going to hear much. <laughs> so if you have done it, thank you very much. But you're not going to get much new content on there. But the thought was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. well, like I was about to say, we always used to talk about people in years to come listening to our shows in the future, but like there's no means to listen to 80s Picture House other than the remastered show, so I don't know if it's how they're listening but listening to it, but there are these random websites, though, aren't there, just thinking about it. Yeah, we've come across a few where... Yeah, that just... probably, like are hosting like random episodes, so you could probably find some of them in there so maybe that's what they were doing they've just found them on one of these random websites and listened to it and liked us but <laughs> those doors have been shut for a while now like almost a year and a half plus mm. so. ah, it's still well, nice though it's still well, out there it's still out in the ether somewhere tom we can delete it from podbean but it still won't <laughs> parasitic well that's it well let me say with, with this we've put out the the first uh, 80s pumpkin house that we did that's out there we're slowly putting out all the interview shows. Yeah. So yeah, this it's still it's still ongoing, mate. Still morphing. Because the next show, the very next show, episode two two four, is gonna be a remastered interview show. Oh it is. And what a remastered interview oh, show. Oh one of the best. And uh, it it's well a guy's in it uh, who's gonna be talking about one of his films in a little bit in this stuff section as well, aren't we? We certainly are. Uh, I've still got plenty more, mate. Is the Go, 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 go. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've got I felt like, well, obviously I've got that film we just mentioned. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how much else I have. Like, But carry on, you might jog my memory. Well, I, I will definitely jog your memory with this one, mate, because this is something that we've both watched and we both enjoyed uh, and we've talked about yes. let, Letterboxd before so we can sort of tell who's enjoyed it the most by the rating and so on, whatever comments. Mm. Uh, In Search of the Last Action Heroes documentary. All about eighties action heroes. Great documentary. I loved it. Uh, 
I gave it a, I gave it a five because it was it was my youth in a nutshell. Uh, I know you give it a lower score, and I understand why as well because it could have gone deeper. It did flick through a little a lot of stuff. The talking heads, uh, while coming up with some interesting stuff, could have gone a bit deeper into it. You know, I think it would have been good as like a Netflix series. Yes, I was thinking later like this would have been better as a series because. It's two hours and 20 minutes, hmm. and, like, it's just, like, there wasn't much uh, cohesion to it. It was just like, okay, we're talking about this, now it's this, now it's this, now it's yeah, this, now it's this yeah. film, it's that film, it's that. And it's just, like, it just didn't settle one thing, and it's like, oh, we're supposed to be better to talk about Robocop, we better to talk about Terminator, and then we're going to jump to the, And there was no, like, it wasn't, like, a seamless link into the next film. It's just like, mm-hmm. okay, we're talking about this now. And, like, I really liked the talking heads. There were some really, like, people, like, I haven't seen on stuff like this at all, ever. And they got some excellent interviewees. Yeah, some good but, stories. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I think you're right. In, like, a, a, a Netflix or series would be would have been better. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. But i guess we should really be thankful for small mercies though you know this... it's still the best documentary about the 80s action movie genre we're going to get because yeah everything else would be have to be this but they need arnie and sly and bruce willis and chuck yeah. and because they don't have the big names of course but they've got rights to all the footage you know all the footage mm-hmm. from the filters there which is good um but yeah, they've got a really good selection of talking heads. So I think it's the best one we're going to get. But at the same time, it's just a bit like, slow down. <laughs> yeah, it is. It does smack you around the face very quickly, doesn't it? And then, like you said, next, 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 mm. with no sort of breathing room. But yeah, In Search of the Last Action Heroes is definitely recommended, you know, especially. Yeah. You're listening to us. You obviously have some interest in the 80s. So yeah, have, have a look at that if you haven't already. Yeah, it's on um, Amazon Prime and mm. rent. I think it was three ninety nine. So yeah, well worth it. Uh, okay, let's go to the next thing. Again, obviously eighties related. Uh, I was at Tivoli, our beloved Tivoli here in North <laughs> Wales, uh, and I hosted uh, an evening with Sean Ryder. You was, did, yes. <laughs> I was up on stage uh, as the host and compare with Sean. Ryder. And you didn't drop like Tommy Cooper, so that's that's good. Yeah, thankfully, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> my hospital visits were uh, not too long after that, actually. Uh, but yeah, that would have, that would have been quite bad. Wouldn't it? And here's my tribute to Tommy Cooper as I just dropped dead on stage. That would, that would be very good. Uh, yeah, he was really nice. Obviously, if nobody knows Sean Ryder, he was with uh, the Happy Mondays through the eighties, and then had continued success with um, Black Grape in the nineties. Uh, and he's continued now with both bands. It's become this TV celebrity as well, known for his wit uh, and very often bad language uh, and his great sense of humour. And, of course, so I met him upstairs. Uh, and you've been upstairs in sort of the green room, as it were, at the Tivoli. You know what it's like up there. Uh, so I had a chat with him uh, up there before the show. He was really nice. There was an auction beforehand to raise money for the Australian uh, fires that were going on. Yeah. Uh, Tina did a couple of paintings. She did two portraits of him, which uh, happily he had his photograph taken with both of them. He autographed them for the auction. He added his own little bit of artwork to both of them as well. He drew devil's horns on his face on one of them, and uh, he, yeah, he was he was really nice. It had uh, I think it was about an hour on stage with him, uh, and then had a chat with him afterwards. And I can't, I can't say a bad word about him. You know, 
he, he was really funny. He was very personable. Uh, and we had a really good time together. So, yeah, it was it was really good. And while I'm not the biggest Happy Mondays fans, as regular listeners will know, uh, it, it got some cracking stories, mate. So yeah. funny. He's one of those where, uh, and again, like the interview shows that, you know, we've done from 80s Pitch House through now and that, we never have any questions ready. We just sort of just have a conversation and see where it goes. Uh, and this conversation went down paths uh, about him. <laughs> I forget his exact words, but it was to do with Mars Bars Up a Fanny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is what he put it like that. He did use those words. Um, and yeah, you can tell how <laughs> this time on stage went. I was in hysterics with him, so it, it was really good. Oh, it's a, that's mm. And of course, that wasn't the only celeb that I've spent time with as well. Been really uh, knocking around with all the celebs uh, mm -hmm. lately. Again, regular listeners will know I did my NFL trip. Oh my God, can you imagine? It wasn't last year, Tom. It was the year before. Oh my God, what is happening with time? <laughs> time's going too quick. It's going too quick. Uh, and after the interview show with Laurie Cardill, uh, found out that husband Jim is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, as am I. So they very kindly invited me to stay with them. So I stopped with them in Pittsburgh um, about 16 months ago now. Uh, and she came over for a Weekend of the Dead event in Manchester, the weekend just gone. Mm. And her and Jim were going to come to Wales um, and stay in Chirk for uh, four nights. And we were going to show them around North Wales. Thought better of it, though. <laughs> yeah. Th then, they get, then they looked at Chirk on Google Maps and thought, no, we won't bother. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, some some great news. I'm, I don't think I can say what it is, so I'm not going to say. But she's she's got a really exciting project on the go that she had to go back to America for. Um, oh, cool. We'll announce it on here um, when I'm sure that we can, mate. And we'll talk more about that because it's really good. So she was at the Weekend of the Dead. Um, so we just went on the Sunday, uh, had a few hours at the actual show, uh, and then we went back to their hotel and had a meal with them so of course while i was there i got to meet everybody everybody from the, you know people from dawn of the dead uh from day of the dead uh from night of the living dead uh it was absolutely amazing but it, the best thing of course was catching up with laurie and jim having a meal with them uh and joining us because she was by herself uh, was christine romero as well so, as you do as you do. So we had some cracking stories from her as well over dinner that oh, evening. Oh, God, I bet, I bet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's could well be some interview shows coming up from people that we talk to. So, again, that news will be released as and when we can. Uh, but, yeah, it was a really good time. It was very nice to meet Laurie and Jim again. So, uh, And not oh, for the last time, I'm sure. Yeah, of course not, of course not. Mm -hmm. Right. Before we get onto the chat about the two movies, of course, we need to talk about a certain film that links in with uh, our interview show that's going to be uh, the next one that we release as well. Yes, and, yes, we do. Uh, you sent me a message about it, didn't you? So do you want to, do you want to tell people what the film is and, and what the story is about it and everything? Yeah, so like I'd known about this for a while now since... Um about last Fright Fest sort of time. Um, at Fright Fest last year, if you may or may not remember, um, myself and about Chris went up to uh, Fright Fest for the day because Dario Argento was doing an interview and signing his um, 
autobiography. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, we've got time for a film afterwards. So we watched, uh, chose a film called Bliss by Joe Bagos, which you've recently reviewed, right? No, no, I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, you haven't watched it? Oh, no, it's one. No, well, it's... coming soon <laughs> is your viewing in a, and a review of Bliss, which is an acquired taste. It's an onslaught. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like VFW in tone. Like, it's just, well, you'll see with Bliss. So I was looking at um, IMDb and Googling Joe Bagos, the director, um, I've got a friend Ria who loves his films, um, and yeah, I saw this thing called VFW, and I looked at the cast, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Go on, but, Tom, tell people the cast because when I saw it, it was like, "What the fuck? Who is this? Is mental?" Yeah, so basically, um, yeah, obviously the cast is what does it. So. In this cast is Stephen Lang, is the lead. Mm-hmm. William Sadler. Yes. David Patrick Kelly. Fred Vahammer Williamson. Oh, yes. And Martin Cove. <laughs> also in it is George Went, who's actually a regular in Joe Bagus's films, so that wasn't a massive surprise that he was in it. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so it's basically... Like the premise was, these guys uh, are all mates from like different various wars, VFWs, veterans of foreign wars, I think. And there's like a, it's like a social club slash bar, and they have to fight off mutated, drug-addled punks. <laughs> so that's what it was about. And I'm just like, I've got to keep an ear out for this coming out. Like, this is this sounds like very much my sort of thing. And then it was finally released on streaming in the states. So, yeah, we both watched it. We did. And I think I put as well, it reminded me of like a trauma film crossed with Assault on Precinct 13. The trauma film part of it, of course, being these like crazy, like you said, drug animal punks. Um, but it's, you know, it's a siege movie, isn't it? Where the guys, yeah. you know, these war veterans are in this bar owned by the Stephen Lang character. And... Um, a lot of fighting in shoes. A lot of blood starts going on with it. Well, and, yeah, it's a it's a Fangoria production. Of, um, well, yeah, so, stepped into like um, producing films. So, uh, yeah, it's very much what you'd think a Fangoria production would look like. There's some really things, great things I liked about it. Little touches, like George Wentz's character when they sit at the bar. He sits in the same place. Yeah, as, as Norm from Cheers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw that media. It's like, yeah, they put me yeah. in the same hat thing, really, didn't they? But they didn't make a big thing about it. It was one of those sort of nods that, okay, so if you know this, you'll get it. And if you don't, it makes no difference. Which that I liked about it. They didn't labour the point yeah. about that little touch. But it was that little touch that makes, you know, fans like us go, oh, that's really good. <laughs> that's really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I think I know you. You like scored it a lot higher. Well, not saying not a lot. You get a, a five, didn't? No, did you? Give uh, four and three, a half. Four and a half. I give it a three and a half. And uh, the reason I gave it a bit of, bit lower, I think, was the kills got a little bit too repet- repetitive for me. I did think it was it was ever in charge of the special effects and and the kills did sort of see 
an axe slash machete kill and go, oh, I know how to do that. And <laughs> and did lots and lots of them. I would have liked more variation in the kill. But then, in retrospect, it's like, well, why am I complaining about more blood being splattered around? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it is a bit of a moot point, really. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked a bit more story to it. But then again, you know, these guys are getting on a bit. You can't expect them to do too much. Yeah. You know, so it's good in one way that it's mostly set in this one location inside the bar and then they don't have to do too much. Um, but I would have liked... M- oh, just, because there's so many of them, like you said, I just wanted more of each of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I wanted more. And I think, again, as daft as it sounds, I scored it that little bit lower because I wanted more. I just wanted more. And again, that could be seen as a really good thing. It's left you wanting wanting more there was nothing i disliked about it just a few little niggles um here and there with it and it's it's bonkers action though isn't it, it really is oh yeah it's like full on it's crazy over the top gore bonkers <laughs> it does it does sort of show its low budget quite a bit really so i know some people are put off by lower budget films hopefully nobody that listens to our shows uh but you can see that it's not got a huge budget and not a massive story to it, uh, but it's hugely enjoyable, mostly yeah. for mostly for who's in it and to see them all together. Yeah, just doing their thing one more time, especially Fred Williamson. Yeah. He's got some amazing moments, and I just think I was really in the mood for it, so yeah. that helps. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to watching it again to see if that four and a half stays where it is or it comes down any, but... Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, yeah, me too. And it wouldn't surprise me if like my rewatch score is, goes up from three and a half. So, but it, it's definitely, definitely one that will be rewatched and more than once. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of those that. Oh, go on then. Let's put that one on. Yeah, it's out in the UK at the start of next month, start of April. So. Um, yeah, because of course, money. yeah, we went to America to watch it, didn't we? That's how we've seen. Yep. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will be buying it on Blu-ray after my trip to America to watch it. So, uh, hmm. yeah, it's also out the same day as um, Color Out of Space, uh, which is uh, a very good film. Also. Yeah, uh, I've still to see that. That's Nick Cage, isn't it? Yeah, the new um, uh, the Return of Richard Stanley um, oh. to directing. Nice. Yeah. Based on an H.P. Lovecraft, so you've got Lovecraft, Richard Stanley, and Nicolas Cage all together in one crazy film. So, um, highly recommend that. Also, good day for films coming out. Definitely a good. Whatever day. that day is, I know. It's a, I think it's the first Monday in April. So, whatever that day is, yeah, that's the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Good films to look out for. Ah, uh, God, that's a, that's a lot of eighties related chat, mate. Have you got anything else? No, I don't think so. I don't. My memory was never jogged during, which normally is. So I think it was just yeah, like VFW that documentary, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, I, well, completely unrelated. But did you see about the James Bond delay? Yeah, it's, it was uh, announced, wasn't it? Like a couple of hours before we started recording, it should have been released what April? Now it's November. Yeah, that Chinese box office money, man, like the second biggest market in the world. Kind of like shit. Probably mm. should have seen that coming. Like those cinemas, but most of them are shut in China now. So yeah, I think so, it's, um, it's going to affect a lot. Yeah, it's going to yeah because you've got like I think the next big one would be Black Widow. You've got Wonder Woman, just off the top of my head. You've got um, 
you know, the big blockbuster ones, this could happen. Like if that, if they're bringing it out, um, and the second biggest market in the world is just not going to be, be showing it, or no one's going to be going to see it, then yeah, they'll postpone it. Mm-hmm. I know they with Mulan, obviously, like that was all about the Chinese market. That's where they're going to make most of the money. Disney's new Mulan, that is, but they've postponed it in China, but not the rest of the world, which is interesting. So, um, and uh, there was another one recently as well, uh, Sonic. Yeah, that was postponed in China, but not the rest of the world. But I think, I think you'll be telling like Mulan. I guess Mulan and Sonic weren't relying as much on China as Bond might be. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, obviously, decisions were made, but as we speak, I think regardless of what the media is trying to scare everyone with, I think it's just a bit too soon to see what's to see where it's really going to go and how it really affect things. Yeah, I think everything's still ramping up, isn't it? And yeah, nothing's... like it's not. It's like the cases in China again, as we speak, are lessening but it's still the worst place in the world for it but um yeah you just don't know what's gonna happen like it'll get pretty bad in the uk but will it get to the point where like you can't go to the cinema or you can't go to a concert don't know yeah well that's it with you know like i said with the liverpool comic con coming up this weekend there's lots of uh conventions coming up yeah yeah i'm going to the steve martin and martin short thing a week on sunday oh, exactly yeah got an email from roll out hall about that it's business as usual I've, like, I've not seen anything about gigs like any big gigs being cancelled it's like but then like it's the things the media don't tell you say as much it's just like the flu kills way more people every year like i think it was like eight thousand people mm-hmm. been last year um because of the flu died and coronavirus is harder to catch so yeah. it's got to yeah i think all this panic buying all this madness that the media is stirring up which irresponsible media i think let's just see what happens yeah yeah well at least at least our shows mate are guaranteed coronavirus free aren't they so people don't need you don't need to wash your ears uh well maybe you do after listening but you don't yeah, before. yeah i would i would recommend yeah. that yeah maybe you know give them a bit of a scrub after listening but before you're fine we're, we're not you know we're not infected uh shall we take a break then and yeah come back? on that we are not infected nope. <laughs> decade of decadent shows guaranteed not infected yeah like how can you how can you know, we're, we're on the end of a laptop i'm well, in a room on my own you're in a room on your own yeah we're, parts of the country we're, we're not kissing we're not for a change no for a change no we're not we're not i'm not in church at the moment so no, we're self-isolating yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> right let's take a break and we'll come back uh with what was my first time watch pick okay sure yeah whatever we need to be current what we need is a hard rocking hit man look at all these new bands now they don't have pyrotechnics they don't have sparks flying on the stage it's all tame we need to go to coachella and Yes. yes, and I agree 100%. By the way, it's called No No, I, I, I couldn't get us into Coachella. I'm going to write a killer song. You got it? I think this is the stuff that inspired Kurt Cobain. This is the most powerful peyote you and your friend will ever take. Feeling anything? I'm good. We're on a spiritual quest here. We are this close. 
to getting another shot. You gotta focus if it kills you. There are risks. You as much as hurt one fly, and be cursed until the next sundown. Once again, had a very tenuous link to the 80s. But hell, it was there, even though the film is from 2017. It's called Dead Ant. Well, at least it is on IMDb. On Amazon Prime, it's called... Is it Giant Killer Ants? Giant Killer Ants. It's uh, a 4.8 on IMDb from 585 uh, people that have given it a score, which isn't that many, really. The, the synopsis on IMDb... It's when the 1989, there you go, there's the 80s link, told you it was tenuous, one-hit wonder glam metal band Sonic Grave embark on a trip to Coachella, which is wrong because it's Nochella, in hopes of a comeback, their peyote trip pit stop in Joshua Tree incites an unworldly vicious attack and they must rock themselves out of harm's way. Doesn't really tell you much about the film, to be honest. Uh, to put it in a more of a succinct synopsis, it is about a washed-up glam metal band from the 80s called Sonic Grave, who do go to Nochella, um, but they don't listen to the wise... There's always wise words of an elder person, isn't there? Don't go there, don't do this. Uh, and after taking a certain type of drug, they should not harm any animals, not hurt anything on there. Uh, one of them kills an ant, so of course the ants mutate, get bigger and bigger start attacking them and they have to protect themselves and eventually it all ends up at this big music festival called Nochella where everybody's been attacked by giant ants so far so good uh right where do I start with this <laughs> to begin with the Tom Arnold character he plays Danny who is the manager of the band at first, mate, I thought it was Frank Stallone. It, ah. it is. I had to. I did a double take. I thought, "Whoa, hold on, is that is that Frank Stallone?" Uh, and he did. If you rewatched the little bits, I thought you can see certain similarities to it. I did like. See, so it starts off like I said with uh, they buy these drugs, obviously because they're an eighties rock band. What else are they going to do? Uh, but before it shows actually before then it shows women taking hallucinogenic drugs and buying them from a Native American, and this Native American tells them, uh, "You'll open your mind, uh, see your inner self and all its possibilities." So they think, "Oh, this is pretty good. Then we'll take this drugs." 
He waits until they swallow the drugs before he says, you'll also face your deepest fears. And I thought that was a bit of a shit move. Hmm. Waiting until after they'd taken them before and he says. Just, it wasn't just any Native American either, though. It was Michael Horse from Twin Peaks. Oh. So, okay. like, he was the first character, I, you know, so I started positively enough. I said, hey, it's Michael Horse. <laughs> So this is how the film begins. It's these women take yes. it, take it, taking that. And you sort of know where it's going to go because then, of course, they start hallucinating. Cut to one of the young, nubile women running away by a giant ant, away from a giant ant, uh, while taking her clothes off. And her clothes just consisted of a bikini top, shorts and a pair of knickers, of which she takes everything off. Was this like presumably to make her run, like move faster? <laughs> yes, of course. Right. Not for any sort of titillation for the viewer that you're already getting everything on show within the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then you go to that, it cuts to the rock band. <clears throat> Excuse me. The rock band on the road in the, in their tour coach, which is a bit shitty, to be honest. Uh, some good quotes that the band make. I, I've got to say as well, uh, Jake Busey is the star for me, and he is the star of most things that he's in, because much like his dad, he's immensely watchable, I think. Uh, and he is some sort of, in this, like some sort of, uh, oh my God, the Brett Michaels. is like a coked up Brett Michaels in it from Poison. Uh, great lines like, rock and roll died when bands stopped putting on makeup. Uh, you've got the lead guitarist who's always pissing and moaning about them having to play the power ballad, their popular power ballad from the 80s, and he's so fucked off with having to play it still all the time. Uh, everybody's got awful, awful wigs in it, especially Sean Astin. His wig in it, mate, is just terrible. I couldn't take my eyes off it. Uh, now, we said about, you know, in VFW, we said about George Went and the lovely little nod from Cheers, just where they placed him on the bar. Yeah. Not so subtle with nods in this film, mate, because Sean Astin says at one point, I'm from the Shire. And I thought, well, that's not really a subtle nod, is it, to his past parts? Uh, and then he comes out with, with the, you know, the, the main crux of the film, that if you kill something, it's payback time. They kill an ant, the ants come and get them. One thing I really liked about it was the twist that so they come back bigger they attack you so you kill them but every time you kill them they come back even bigger still so you're just like on a losing battle because you've got to kill them but you know that the next time they attack they're going to be bigger which i thought was a really good a good twist to it um it did i don't know it did drag <laughs> At times, yes, it's cheap, very low budget. Yes, the acting is uh, average at best. Its tongue is very firmly in its cheek. And you could say, and I think this is what got to you, Tom, and correct me if I'm wrong. Its tongue is so far in its cheek. It's so self-aware that it, it goes way beyond that. Instead of it being like uh, Samurai Cop, one of the ones we always go back to so bad it's amazing when you try to be bad it shows doesn't it and i think this is one of those where it does show that kind of stuff well yeah that's my issue with all of the, i don't like 
fundamentally, I don't like these sort of films. Like, whether it's this or Giant Snake versus Mega Octopus or Sharknado. I know we've spoken to the director of Sharknado before. I've still not seen any of them. Well, I've seen enough of the sort of film. I haven't seen the Sharknado films. But it's like, I like films that are bad. Obviously, you like bad films. I like bad films. Mm. But there's no point if you're trying to be bad. Like, I like... I like The Room. Yeah. I like Samurai Cop. I like Shotgun. I like un- Undefeatable. I like films that they're trying to make a good film. <laughs> and it just turns out to be bad. That's like... it's not. There's no point if they're trying to make it bad. In my eyes, it's just like... There's plenty of films that like of the other, and it's just I just don't like this sort of film. I just can't see the point. Is that? Did I know that... what they're trying to do. Yeah. But it reminds me in a way of like those spate of spoof movies after Scary Movie came out. Like, yeah, it got to a point where they were spoof. There was one that I think it was like Epic Movie or one of them, and it was just like it was spoofing Borat, and it's like Borat's a comedy, like. <laughs> why are these why do these films exist so yeah fundamentally so when you said it was one of these i was like oh man i'm just not gonna like it and i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i just don't find them funny or like because i just oh god i sound like a twat with this line but i just see through them <laughs> i was like i know what you're trying to do and i was just like if i want to see this sort of thing i'm gonna try and i'll go and find a film about killer bugs what was that film the swarm yeah. i'll go and watch the swarm with my like that's a film that was trying to be good and it's bad and i find it very entertaining i'll watch that or i'm sure there's other examples of killer insects yeah and not even the hair metal you know you'd think the hair metal bit and you know jake Busey is basically like you say vince neil you'd think that would do something for me no Mm. i just sat here didn't laugh once just like and that's 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 really bad isn't it you know once you once that feeling comes across you, and especially if it comes across you early in the film, and you're going, you're just trying too hard to be bad, and you sort of, you disconnect from it then, and you just can't get back into it, and the rest of the film becomes a chore to watch, which just, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it doesn't help whatsoever. For me, there was just enough. I mean, and I mean, just like a gnat's pube, an, an ant's leg, that just enough that it's all right it it just tipped it over into no i i don't dislike it uh i wouldn't even go so far to say that i, I you know i like it i wouldn't recommend it uh, but there was just enough that it kept my interest going and yeah i did cringe a lot during and did so oh god come on get on with it but then something stupid would happen and it, it just kept my interest i've got to say that by finishing with a rock song called side boob that that probably give it the extra half point at least that I put on Letterboxd because I thought that was a great song. And it's a, yeah, it's got a rock soundtrack as well, which is always a plus point for me. But I can completely see where you're coming from, mate. It's, um, yeah, I don't think many people would watch it and go, that was fucking awesome. That was a great film. Even, like we said, even in the way that that was so bad, it was amazing. It does come across, yet yeah, that trying to make a bad film but mm. yeah 
Yeah, it's just like I don't really have much to say about what went on it in it. Just that. Yeah, because there isn't a lot. It is just them taking drugs, dicking around in the desert, getting attacked by ants, finally making it to this big music festival, which is not the one they thought they were going to go to. Uh, and of course, saving the day, and they save the day because they play, they play this big song, uh, and it turns out that these sonic waves, these certain sonic waves from the speakers, uh, kill the ants. That it affects them, and they just explode. And spoiler, yeah. <laughs> too late with the spoiler. But who's going to watch it anyway? Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, and that's it. Yeah, it's it's really thin, obviously, as far as like story goes. But um, there's a couple of half decent oh that was that's a bit different as far as effects go there's some absolutely awful effects as well um both practical and mostly yeah but that's all part of the air quotes joke isn't it like oh look how shit it is look how shit the ant looks you know it's all part of the the joke yeah well, I haven't got too much more to say about it. Like I said it's really thin. It's thin on story. It's thin on just about everything. It, and again, it just about held my attention. But as far as is it worth a rewatch? No, I would. I'm not going to rewatch it at any point. No. Shocker. Neither will I. <laughs> uh, let's take a break then and come back with your rewatch pick and see if that was worth rewatching or not. On the planet Arcturus, he's the toughest cop around. That's a Kroger blast! Most powerful hat in the universe! That's right, fat boy. What do you want, asshole? Nothing. You're just gonna walk away? He's 13 inches tall. Oh, fuck! That's about the size of it. Shit! Can we keep it? Hold me together. I'm going to war. With who? The fucking doll man. Who else? Are you in the wrong neighborhood? Urban fucking renewal. Dollman. 13 inches with an attitude. Right, my pick, whereas Dave's, was about things that are normally small that get very big, is about something that's normally big or normal side that gets very small, as we just said at the end of the last episode. Mm. How about that? This was a full moon production. It came out in 1991, but the link to the 80s is it's got Tim Thomason in it. It's a full moon production. We we'll always say, don't we, 1990, 1991, sort of honorary 80s because nothing's yeah. really changed, especially in the world of B-movies. Yeah. This is Dollman. <laughs> you know, I watched this film. I had the Blu-ray of it. Fuck knows why I don't anymore. I don't know if I lent it out, but I ended up watching it on YouTube. <laughs> With a with a barrier bar around it, advertising Full Moon Productions website where you can watch more films if you pay. Um, yeah, 
what, six, seven years ago. When did you first watch See Doll Man, if you can cast your mind back? Uh, definitely whenever it came out on VHS here in the UK. I always, anything released, um, Charles Band, Full Moon Productions, they hit VHS, I always rented them. So it'd be, yeah, probably a year, maybe not even that with these titles after they were released, they appeared on VHS. Maybe say 92. Cool. Hmm. Have you have you seen it since? Uh, no, not since VHS days. Wow. And I think I said at the end of the last show, uh, if I remember rightly, that I'd never seen it, you know, on DVD or anything like that. After we finished recording, so, okay, let's see uh, where I can go and watch it, because, you know, I explained about it. And then, and you know how many, you know, physical discs I've got, what the film collection's like. I thought, just out of interest, I'll go and have a look. And there it was, Dollman on DVD. <laughs> Still, nice. still sealed up. Never seen it. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so, yeah, in amongst all the thousands of other ones. So, oh, well, here's a good excuse to finally open it and watch it on DVD. Blow the dust off it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was a, it was a very nice surprise. So, um, Dole Man is Tim Thomason, who's a favourite of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Like, Trancers, like, Jack, Jack Deff himself. Yeah. And he is um, from another planet. He's from the the planet Arturus, which is 10,000 light years from Earth, apparently. Yeah, like not a planet I'd heard of before, but mm. um, I know it exists now. And Monday, maybe we'll get there. <laughs> so he plays Brick Bardot, which is um, <laughs> probably a name that only Tim Thompson could get away with, like Jack Deff. Yeah. Um, so he um, is basically there's he is a hard boiled cop. He plays it very Clint, I think, very straight. Oh, completely, totally dirty Harry. Um, yeah. So he's like suspended, um, and then he has a like the plot is what it, <laughs> it is. What it is. Um, but basically, um, he ends up on our planet, but because of a energy band and a blaster and a bad guy called Sprug, which is just a head, they are very, very small, tiny little, tiny little sizes when they come to Earth. Yeah, I think they say the the ratio in size from the planet Arturus to Earth. And this is in, like, one of the biggest exposition <laughs> pieces I've ever seen in a film. Because it starts with him as a cop on his planet, and he is Dirty Harry. Yeah. Even to the point of, like, pinching lines from Dirty Harry. Um, you know, the, the Clint Eastwood, I'm going to blow your head clean off. He does that. He said, I'm going to blow blow a hole clean through the fat lady. And he's got a big gun, and his gun's the, the most powerful one in the universe. You know, it's not the most powerful in the world, like the 44 Magnum. It's the most powerful in the universe, and it does blow people to pieces. And he's this hard-ass, dirty Harry. And like you said, he ends up on Earth, um, and then his spaceship crashes, which, is, of course, is a little miniature model. And then the spaceship computer comes out with this really amazing piece of exposition going, 
you've crash land on Earth and the air is breathable and the ratio in size is different from Autorus to six to one and blah, blah, blah and blah, blah. And it sort of goes through everything so you you know you can't question anything because... Yeah, basically, this is an 82-minute film. Yeah. This is what's happening. <laughs> Exposition computer 050 that was installed on the spaceship has just given you everything you need to yeah. know. Yeah, this is all you need to know, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a short film, so you do need to you know it. There's no time to waste in filling you in as you go he is t- this is what he is tiny and this is why he's tiny and he ends up in the bronx it crashes in the bronx because of course it does yeah because um, yeah where else could it crash but there especially in the 80s <laughs> and um well just sort of well i can't really say hijinks ensue because it's like it's played quite straight i guess like it's not obviously it's funny hmm because it's Tim Thomason with his Kruger blaster, like shooting full size people, but it's not like <laughs> like comedy action, is it? No, well, you said it is played straight. The comedy just comes from the situations. It comes yeah. from the very cheap effects. Mm. Uh, when his spaceship lands, this uh, this girl finds him, and she picks up the spaceship. And the the whole scale, I mean, he's obviously he's got out of the spaceship and he's like 13 inches tall on Earth. But the scale of the spaceship, if he was 13 inches, is all wrong. You know, if you're going to be really oh, yeah. sort of picky about it, you go, well, that's well, that's wrong. The spaceship should be bigger. than that. But the effects are it's full moon. Come on. People are familiar with full moon films. You know what you're going to get, don't you? <laughs> they're, yeah. And, they're cheap and cheerful, but by and, God, they're and enjoyable. And being like, oh, he's got a tiny, like the ship's tiny because it's on earth now and everything's full. It's just like, it's kind of a good excuse to scrimp a little bit. Yeah. You don't need to do anything big, really. No, and they use a lot of perspective for like when he's talking. Yeah, they do. Like, you can really tell like, yeah, he's just far away. She's just far away. <laughs> Virtually shouting to each other when they're supposed to be stood next to each other because he's so far yeah. far away, and it's a, and of course because he's thirteen inches, so the you know the 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 girl that finds him is talking to her mate, and she said, "Oh, I found this this guy, and he's he's thirteen inches." To which her mate obviously says, "I'd love to meet a thirteen-inch man." Groan, <laughs> you know stuff like that's going to be in it, yeah. Um, but even though there's stuff like that. Like you said, Tim Thomason, he plays it. He does play it as Dirty Harry all the way through. He's just like a hard-ass 13-inch man with a very powerful gun. Lucky he has the gun. It's very lucky he has that it's gun. Very, yeah, even against like regular-sized people, it works just as well. Yeah, and of course he's got the gun that if he drops, and a few people do pick it up, and of course, if an Earth person picks it up, it's very, very tiny. But yes. Tim Thomason has got something which is never explained... Um, this glowing white circle of light in the palm of his hands, which he holds up, and the gun flies back to his own hand. Yeah, it's just that planet or Taurus or whatever. Yeah, just that's just how it is, isn't there? Mm. I'm surprised they didn't explain it when they for landing. <laughs> they were There's too... also a white light. I've run out of time. Just you'll catch up. <laughs> <laughs> you'll catch up. And when they are on the alien planet to begin with, and you've got you know the severed head bad guy. Uh, the difference, and this is hilarious, I loved it. The difference from the long shots, uh, where you see, you know, it's obviously it's a model, it's a false head, 
to the close-up of the actor with with you know showing him with some prosthetic makeup on it's like two different things i'm sure whoever made the prosthetic head you know the the separate head had never seen the actor that was going to play the part because they look yeah. so different yeah and it'll cut from the you know like a long shot to a close-up and you're going what the fuck he looks so different although having said that tim thomason as well the stunt double they got for him and i use the term stunt double in the loosest possible sense because he's he's doubled in a few scenes where he's not doing much at all basically it's either a long shot or it's a scene from behind him has a really shit uh blonde curly wig on which not nothing like tim thomason's hair and a few yeah. i thought i like to think that a few times tim thomason was uh, like pissed up getting blown by you know the third woman of the day in, in his in his makeup chair or whatever sipping jack daniels i can't be asked to go on set today and the double has to go and he looks nothing like him and he doesn't even do a stunt he's just like you know stood there but it's from behind and it's not him yeah this is that sort of thing where i think we've spoken about it before where like it was from a time where stunt doubles it didn't really matter because no one would have ever thought this was going to be watched on a 40 45 50 plus inch screen in full hd like i'm not saying you must watch it in full hd but this film is available in full hd mm. full hd like where everything can be picked up on like yeah. no one ever thought and you can pause but, it <laughs> yeah pause it oh you can see that in the background and this and that but no one ever like i guess that's why because like they were just like yeah it's just gonna be on vhs and you know, watched on the small screens, and I was really going to notice about the hair, less being really... But now, you can't help but notice, even in, like, big-budget films from mm. that time, you're like, oh, fucking hell. Like, Ghost, was it... What's that? What was it? I've... I'm going to blank on it. There was a film Yully and I saw at the cinema. Oh, it was... Oh! I'm just making noises, because it's... <laughs> Batman. Tim Burton's Batman, the first yeah. one. Oof! Some of that stuff at the end looked shocking. Oh, wow. And that was, you know, like the biggest film of 1989. So one of the biggest films of the 80s. And yeah, like no one ever knew it'd be like, obviously shown in the cinemas, but just 4K remasters and all of that. it shows, doesn't it? So yeah, from Batman to Brick, uh, to Doll Man. We're calling him Brick Man. That's (laughs) That's a different one. That was a different full moon film, Brick Man. Brick, I was probably shocked. Just a brick. Yes. That's how cheap it got. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> brick man versus stick man. That was it. That was the big battle. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley in this as well, in an early Yeah, role. young-ish Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, playing a psycho, as always. Decent mullet. Yeah, not a bad mullet at all, mate. I'd say as mullets go, it's uh, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be applauded, I would say. Uh, have you seen... Sorry, have you seen the other appearance of uh, Brick Bardot in, in motion picture history, Dollman versus Demonic Toys? Yes, and that's another one that uh, the last time I watched it would be VHS Rental. I've never, I've not seen that one. I mm. might have to, because uh, I think that was the idea when I watched Dollman. I was like, oh, I have to watch Dollman versus Demonic Toys, and then never did. Yeah. And have I think you... it was probably because I was just like, oh, no, I'll go through the demonic toys films so i know what's going on and then yeah. i was like oh wait there's 76 demonic toys <laughs> <laughs> yeah just watch the first one and then you sort of get it really 
good. Okay, yeah. I'll do that. That's good. Uh, we haven't talked about the director of this as well. Somebody we did talk about a few times back in 80s Picture House as well. Uh, now, I've always pronounced his name Albert Pyon, but a lot of people say Pyon. Pyon. Albert Pyon. Uh, oh, yeah, he's... He's, you know, he's quite a prolific director, known quite a bit as well for taking bits from any film and sticking them in as well. Um, yeah. But when you when you look at the films that he's directed, they go from... I mean, there's some like really cracking ones, you know what I mean? Genuinely good films to so bad they're good films. <laughs> it does. Mostly in the so bad they're good films, I've got to admit. But usually really enjoyable as well. He's got a good... Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, we've probably... Well, you've probably seen more of his films than I have, but like... Yeah, generally. Yeah. 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 I think his, his name is what... If you see it, you think, well, if nothing else, it's going to be a laugh. You know what I mean? There's yeah. going to be a sense of fun to it. It's, there's going to be action in it. It's not going to be the best directed film you're ever going to see. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's going to be stuff, especially ones... His films are well, as well, usually ones... The classic beer and mates films. You know, get a few of you around, get a few drinks in you, and then just whoop it up while you're watching it. I'm surprised we never spoke to him, like interviewed him on 80s Picture House. Yeah, it's uh, we did. And think I'm sure we've mentioned before there was, there was a few people where we got within touching distance of interviewing them, and then it fell through at the final minute, didn't it? Uh, but I'm not sure if we ever reached out to him or not. I can't really I remember. It's been one we might have like done a tweet to or something. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely one we would have pursued because. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, uh, Oh God, that would have been a long show. <laughs> Especially if you go into like all of the films that. Yeah, directed. we're going to talk about your films one by one <laughs> again. Yeah, that would have been uh, that would been quite the epic show, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed rewatching this, mate, and I think a lot of it's got to do with Tim Thomason. He's got a certain screen presence to him. Oh, absolutely! Just, he's just it's fun to watch, you know, and you can tell that. He seems to be having a good time on set, whether he is or not, I'm not sure. But it's just it. That's what comes across to me when I see him on screen. And, yeah, and, um, and and him playing it completely straight was the best idea, oh, and especially yeah. in a little bit of a Clint Eastwood kind of way as well. Yeah, yeah, with some, like I said, non too subtle nods to the Dirty Harry character as well, where you go, ha yeah, okay, that's good, that's good, and uh, yeah, it just it sips along. Like I said, it's not it's not a long film. You know, 80 minutes uh it, it just all zips along with the help of that exposition computer and um there's that it's not a dull moment in it really the stuff goes on <laughs> with gun battles and fights and one-liners and a 13 inch dirty harry you know how how can you go wrong with a 13 inch tim thomason with a with a powerful gun come on what's not to enjoy about that too right, mm. too right. Uh, so I guess the question is then, was it worth a rewatch? Absolutely, and I believe the next time it will also be worth a rewatch. It's just daft fun. Yeah, yeah, me too, mate. Uh, very happy rewatched it. Uh, the only thing I wasn't happy about is I left it so long before I did do a rewatch. Well, so, yeah. there's a lot of films out there. 
There's yeah, there's plenty. Most there. of them are in your in your collection. Yes. I'll do some more digging after this episode. God knows what I'll find. Oh I'd forgotten I'd got that will be the words mostly heard from that room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back with our picks for the next episode. Okay, so it was my first time pick, and I think it's about time I picked something that's... Obviously, I can't say pick something good, because we don't know until we watch it, but mm. pick something critically acclaimed, I think. Ooh. At least it's about time, especially after what you've put me through <laughs> and what you're going to continue to put me through. So, in um, a celebration of the fact that Netflix um, are putting 21 Studio Ghibli films on their service. Mm, yeah. Um, obviously, they span the decades, 80s, 90s, noughties. Um, I've picked one, which I've not seen before, because I haven't seen most of them, um, because of just very, just the means to watch them aren't yeah. exactly easy in the UK. In the next episode, we can talk more about that. But um, my first time watch pick for us both is 1984's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never. Is it some what's, foreign stuff? What's all that about then? What it's goes not, on in? It's not in foreignese, is it? Does, does does a woman get her boobs out and run away from a giant ant in it? I hope is it so. hen, is it hentai? <laughs> is, there, is there any tentacle sex in it like that? Is the answer there? to all these questions is no. I don't want to watch <laughs> it then. Bugger off. <laughs> Okay, interesting. I've I mean, I've, like, I've just scrolled down and there is something about mutant giant insects, but we'll get to that next <laughs> I'm in then. That's it. I'm in again now. Fuck's sake. It better not be some fucking dead ant related. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that is my pick. Something completely different and supposedly good, which is going to be a nice change. Okay. I'm trying to think if we've ever talked, and even this is going back to 80s Picture House days, animated film has been a choice heavy metal we did heavy metal of course heavy metal yeah we did I think that's our only um dip into the um, animated film yeah. world this is obviously very different because it's well it's not quite a studio again i'll go into this more i don't think it's quite studio ghibli but it's what the guy who formed studio ghibli did just before and now it is part of studio ghibli so yeah. one okay. of them yeah oh i'm interested mate genuinely interested yeah it'll be good to Good to watch it and have a chat about it in the next episode. Uh, so, of course, you your first time pick. It's me for the rewatch. And once again, my rewatch has a very tenuous link to the 80s. But what the fuck? We've talked about, again, as we did in the last few episodes, about Letterboxd. So I've noticed we're into March now, mate. And I was shocked, nay stunned, that we're in March and I still haven't rewatched a Sylvester Stallone film. Which you can tell have been ill. I mean, come on, that's a sure sign, isn't it? You know, get to here and I haven't rewatched anything with him in. So my pick is one, and the main reason I picked it is well, there's two actually. The main reason being Tina's never seen it, so I'm going to sit with her and we'll watch it. It'll be interesting to see what she thinks because it's a first time watch for her. Uh, I haven't rewatched it for a long time, and I would say this is one of my least rewatched Stallone films. Right. And I think that maybe that says a lot. May I don't know. I would say I've watched it no more than three. I've either watched it 
two or three times, definitely no more than three, and I haven't watched it in a long, long time. It's from 2001, and it's how I pronounce it, not, not I know you're going to pronounce it, Driven. No, well, that's it's a silent N, and it's a loud L, so how you pronounce it is Drivel. <laughs> Uh, I've watched this film once. Oh. I watched The Day Would Come that I'd have to watch it again. How long ago is it that when you had that film? Oh, God, years. I don't know, decade, maybe oh. a little less. It might have matured like a fine wine, Tom. It could Burt be. Reynolds is in it as well, you'd think. Yeah. It's your fire. But it's, it's one of those where I'm going to enjoy seeing, oh, my God, it's Estella Warren. Is that who it is, the girl from Planet <laughs> of the Apes, Tim Burton? Like these people who are... In it's like when you're watching late nineties horror films, you're like, "The fuck happened to that guy, uh, or her, or that?" So like, I'm sure there will be something sick enjoyment. But oh yeah, I remember when they were popular for six months. Yeah, vanished. So maybe we can play a little bit of like what whatever happened to as well. Yeah, yeah. It's something to make it entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it may surprise us. Who knows? You know, uh, hell, you never know. You, you never you, know. Stranger things have happened, mate. Not often, yeah. but they have. Yeah, and I'm struggling to think of them, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's the, the pick sorted then for the next episode. Uh, we'll finish off with the usual housekeeping, shall we? Yeah, uh, let's. Uh, website, everybody knows it by now, 60minuteswith.co.uk. Contact us, form on there. Email us direct, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. Twitter and Instagram, both of those are at 60minuteswith. Reddit, 60minuteswith uh, podcast is on there everything numerical 60 not alphabetical and again i'm going to say on the website we've got the new section for leaving us a review you can tweet us a review of the podcast you can email it to us you can leave it on reddit uh, the more of those that we get it does help us to get guests on the shows gives us a bit higher profile helps us get prizes this that and the other lots of stuff behind the scenes if you're listening to this and you've two minutes to spare one minute to spare We'll whip us off a quick review. One star, five star, anything in between, doesn't matter. We'd love uh, we'd love to get that filled up with more people's thoughts about the podcasts that we do. Oh, what else has been going on? The sponsorship page, of course, it's now added Dean of the Dead. Oh, oh get on to yeah. deanofthedead.com and uh, yeah, buy his sources. You will not be disappointed and again like and i the said chili sauce the oh, chili jam, the chili jam. oh yes yes we've got to try that one mate i'm sure uh we'll work it out again obviously when you come up here we do try to time it with things going on don't we as well best yeah. we can if we can time it for when there's a you know some convention going on because we get to a lot of those thanks to monopoly events uh dean goes to a lot of those hopefully we can meet up with him in person again and uh have a good old chat. Maybe we should get him onto the show for 10 minutes and, you know. Yeah. Find I'd love to find out, you know, how he makes them as well. I know he makes everything himself. And he was going through trying all these different uh, recipes that he puts together and tasting them. And that would be, uh, be good to have a chat. So maybe we should get him on the show as well. Yep, that sounds that, like a good That idea. would be good. So, yeah, so we'll, we shall bugger off. And uh, two episodes released in a weekend, if all goes to plan. Hopefully. Hospital, well, hope hospital so. visits allowing. Yeah. Come on, Dave. <laughs> me, me not being thrown into the back of an ambulance again. Maybe so. 
Uh, but he was thrown as well. So. I was thrown, yeah. I mean, I know, you know, NHS is struggling at the moment, but to be thrown into the back of an ambulance was was a bit degrading, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brains. That I'm sure there was one more thing to do with the housekeeping that I wanted to mention. And, well... Bugger it. If there is, it's gone for the moment. We started talking about chili jam, hot sauce. I know. My mind's just yeah. My mind's gone off. Food. (laughs) Getting hungry. Lethal. Lethal. Yeah. Okay then. Let's go. Uh, We shall say goodbye, and until the next time, when hopefully we'll be talking about two really good films, or one. Well, yeah. Yeah. One. (laughs) Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Mesmerizing. It's horrible. She's probably fine. 